COVID-19 has changed the world we live in, but one of the few positives to have come out of the pandemic is the way we've adapted to this new reality. How we work and interact with one another has changed and industries have had to adapt too. In the third episode of this series of podcasts, we'll be looking at how COVID-19 has changed the commercial property industry. Joining me today to provide an insight is Natasha Collins, MD at NC Real Estate and UCM Module Tutor, teaching commercial property management and asset management. Hi, Natasha. Thanks very much for joining me today. How are you doing? Hi, Hannah. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm doing very well, thank you. Good to hear it. How's the weather? You are not um, in the UK, are you? No. <laughs> I am in Charleston, South Carolina, and the weather is glorious. Today we are at 23 degrees Aww. and it's getting hotter. It's lovely. So jealous. I was um, speaking <laughs> speaking to you a little while ago, just saying we had snow yesterday. So um, slightly different here. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, let me get straight in and ask the first question. How has the commercial real estate industry changed in the post COVID world? Oh, it's a very loaded question. <laughs> it really depends upon the size of the commercial property. Now. I'm going to say everybody has had problems during COVID-19. Of course, people have not been able to go into their commercial buildings. They've hardly been able to leave home. There's been major restrictions in place which stop commercial tenants from trading for the most part. So from that point of view, if we look at it as an overall thing, what the headlines are reporting, it's been a bit doom and gloom. (laughs) They estimate that about £1.5 billion worth of rent hasn't been paid every quarter um but of course on the flip side of that landlords can't evict tenants so we have experienced on the whole this stop from the commercial property market where tenants aren't paying rent because they're not trading landlords can't get them out and so with bigger players we're seeing landlords now struggling because they can't afford to pay their finance on the property and so we're seeing a lot of those kind of properties come to auction or landlords trying to get rid of them quickly i think that is still going to be an ongoing problem because commercial tenants can't have their can't have their unit forfeited because that's still a ban that's in place up until the 1st of July at least and whether the um, government extend that or not we don't know I mean all the government are saying at the moment is be kind to your commercial tenants make sure that you work with them so we're seeing that as a overall headline in the commercial property world but I wouldn't say that it is all doom and gloom I work with pro- predominantly smaller investors and so we invest in smaller commercial and mixed-use property and for the most part smaller tenants have been paying rent throughout COVID they understand that if they don't pay rent then they will get to a point where they do have to pay all of that backdated rent so they might as well keep going so they don't have this huge amount of arrears and eventually they don't end up having their premises forfeited and not being able to trade at all so there is certainly two different sides of it but I would say we're coming to the end of it we are uh in a more positive place so it basically sounds a bit of a mixed bag <laughs> it's a mixed bag I mean it's not been I'm not I'm not saying that the situation has been fantastic but I'm mm. saying that it's been a huge struggle we're coming to the end of it mm. and um we're now having to look at innovative ways to get out of this situation that we've been in mm. 
Cool, thanks. And and then, so how well equipped do you feel the industry was um, at adapting? You say like we're we're coming out of it. How well do you think we were adapting during the pandemic? I'm shocked that people were so surprised about it. <laughs> because if we look back at commercial property trends, and I've been doing this for the last 11 years, and already I know that there are five-year cycles really within the commercial property world where you start seeing start seeing trends change. We've seen the rise of uh, technology means that the way that we do business, the way that we trade goods has completely changed. And that was inevitably going to cause a shift. But what we're also seeing is certain tenants who have been stuck in the past, you know, all of these massive retailers who have just traded like they did in the 1990s to 2000s, thinking that they could still trade in the same way. We've had businesses doing the same thing and not catching up with technology. All of a sudden, a pandemic hits and people or businesses go, we need to get, you know, (laughs) on the technology side of things. So whilst it shouldn't have been a shock, it was a massive shock. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. I can yeah understand that. Um, so some of the some of the people listening to this podcast might be newly entering into the profession. Um, what kind of working life can um, they kind of expect at the moment from your point of view? Oh well, my working life has changed a lot over the years. It's far more flexible now than it was when I first got into the profession. I think there's a lot of pressure because when you're a property professional and things are going wrong in the market, your clients turn to you and they expect you to have all of the answers. And of Mm. course, you don't always have all of the answers. Could we have predicted how long the pandemic was going to go on for? No. Could we have predicted that it was going to happen? Well, there were signs, but, you know, we've not been through this before. So would I know how this was going to play out for my clients? Of course, I didn't know how this was going to play out for my clients. So. I think if you're coming into the industry at the moment, you have to come in with a creative mind. Things Mm. do not look the same that they did a year ago, and that's okay. So you have to be thinking about how can you do this innovatively? You might be coming in and expecting to learn all of this stuff from your mentors and the people above you, and that's great. But you also need to take past trends and think, okay, well, this happened before, but how can we change this uh, to be reflective of what the situation is right now because we're all kind of walking into this new situation almost with our eyes wide shut we don't know what it's going to look like so we are creating a new property industry we are creating a new commercial sector and that's exciting Mm, that's really cool and that kind of leans on to the next question about like the long term I know you obviously you can't predict the future but what would what do you think maybe COVID-19 is going to um, have changed about the built environment in the long term. Um, I guess, what can you see changing? Like, what do you think the future is going to look like? Bit of an open-ended question, but um, <laughs> yeah, just wonder if you've got any thoughts. Yeah, so I think that, well, we were already seeing the likes of Debenham stores, the big John Lewis's, mm. Uh, you know, those big retailers closing down. That was never going to be sustainable, pandemic or not. Mm. They they were coming to an end of kind of their life cycle of how they traded in business. And what's coming, I think, is smaller units that are more accessible to any sort of consumer. So you get the choice. If you want to go in, you go in. If you want to order online, curbside pickup, if you want to just 
order online and get things delivered to you. I think that is changing. We're going to see more logistics in city centres, for example. So you'll have smaller distribution centres, which are like hubs. And I think we're going to really have to start focusing on that as as these big retailers come out of these big properties there seems to be a massive push from the government for change that into re- into residential let's have people living above shops well that really i don't know how that's going to work but how about we take a step back and we start looking at that as distribution centers you know could all of the local tenants rent out a part of it for their storage could there be a single distributor who then brings it out locally you know so rather than us on 24 to 48 hour turnarounds for delivery could we be on a couple of hour turnaround for delivery mm-hmm. it's normal for some things I mean certainly when I was working in central London I could phone up a dress shop and have a dress at my desk <laughs> for any event that I was going to in the evening with a, within a couple of hours and certainly Amazon Prime are, are rolling that out as well but mm-hmm. that should probably become the norm if we start looking at how those supply chain works. And then we should also be looking at this live, work, play. How do people actually want to function coming out of the pandemic? I know for certain that I will never be without outside space again. Luckily, I've always had outside space during the pandemic and I've looked to expand that. But what do we need to change about the buildings that we live in in order to provide that? What do we need to change about the buildings that we... Uh, we work in you know do we want to go back to the same offices well I hate going into a stale office with just air conditioning you can't open the windows it's tough to go outside you know so how is that going to change what is it going to look like and rather than you know trying to search around us for the answers why don't we just start being innovative and look at the ways in which we can provide that solution and I think that's where we're going to start seeing uh, the commercial property market change. Mm. I mean, yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm looking forward to the to the um, solutions that people come up with and seeing how, I guess, in the next few years, yeah, work and home life um, change a bit. Um, it's cool. I know um, talking to you that um, the pandemic has personally affected the way you work. Um, can you just explain to the listeners how it has affected you and, um, yeah, how you're working at the moment, what it looks like? So actually, I was... I changed the way that I worked in 2018. Mm. So I, when we got the opportunity to move to New York, UCM very kindly let me go completely remote. And I was considering moving my firm of surveyors online anyway. So I, because I wanted to reach more people. My audience weren't, my, my clients are not necessarily in central London. Some of them are, but I wanted to reach a, a wider client base of people who wanted to step up and invest at that next level. They didn't just want to have small residential properties. They wanted to have mixed use portfolio. So I bought that online and started really um, capitalizing on online marketing. Mm. And that really changed the way that I, I work so that everything was online everything that I did was from wherever I needed to be at the time I needed to be in it and so that shift happened pretty early on before the pandemic when the pandemic hit um, more and more people adjusted being online and Mm. I I think it was more of a culture shock for other people than it it was for me so I found myself really being the person who was available to those that were worried about coming online or whether they would get the same service and Mm. 
thinking about ways in which I could be more supportive. So for my clients in the UK, because I'm in America, I'm in a very lucky position where I'm five hours behind. So I could start offering evening calls when kids have gone to bed, for example. And so my work day actually works really nicely now because I work with my clients in the evening UK time, which is my afternoon. And in the morning, I tend to do all my admin things and and make sure that I have meetings with my team. And when I'm at UCM, I'm meeting with my colleagues. And so it's a really flexible, relaxed way of life that has just happened based upon my lifestyle. I I really felt like my my work-life balance was needed to be important. And so I started looking at, well, what do I need to do to have that work-life balance? How do I move it towards that work-life balance? Mm. And then stop being apologetic for it. Mm. I don't say sorry if I need to be going out and doing something, you know, if you need to go to the doctors or what have you now. And I used to, Mm. but I hated that way of working. So I was like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. And the pandemic has really helped that. And I hope that it helps a lot of other people feel the same. I love that. Yeah, I find myself saying sorry all the time. And that's such good advice to just stop saying it. And yeah, thank you. Um, So last question, what would you say to someone that is currently considering a career in um, real estate? Um, What's your advice to them? Um, My advice to someone coming into the industry is that you're going to get into the industry and it's going to be a culture shock Mm. Um, just because of the the industry attitudes. It's very much work hard, kind Mm. of get your head down, learn what you need to do. And the first couple of the years in the industry about learning the ropes. Once you get a job, you learn the ropes of what you're doing. You make sure that you um, understand the role of the company and I think start thinking about what you really want to do going forward there'll be certain aspects of real estate that really interest you and certain aspects that do not interest you at all Um, I'm not a valuation surveyor I'm not that you know you talk to my colleagues at UCM and you know the likes of David and David who love doing their valuations I really don't like doing that and I stayed very much away from that as a young surveyor as well there were certain jobs that just really weren't for me. I didn't ever want to be an agent. Um, I didn't enjoy that side of things. But I got a lot of hands-on experience because I was willing to learn. And I think if you're willing to put your head down for the first couple of years and learn, take things on board, don't be afraid to make mistakes because we all make mistakes. You know, you don't go into an industry being perfect. Um, and certainly you will make mistakes throughout your career. That's fine. Learn from them. Just keep moving forward. And then start thinking about, what do you actually enjoy doing? And you can enjoy doing anything in real estate. I know people who've made careers out of so many different things, but you get to make that choice. Don't just follow what the company tells you you should be doing. If you don't enjoy something, move. You know, like your career should be what you want to make it. You don't have to fall into something and think, oh, I can't do anything else. So many of my good friends of the surveyors reinvent themselves every couple of years into something else that they enjoy it's absolutely fine you know we, we all we all have specialities and we all enjoy doing certain things so I think it's a career where you can do whatever you want to do but you're going to have to be brave to do whatever you want to do and if there is something in the built environment that interests you move towards that and then don't be afraid if you start getting bored of that or that's not for you anymore and move towards something else that is the beauty of this industry mm-hmm. yeah that's so good that's really refreshing perspective to um 
to have so thank you um thanks really so much for your um time today i'm sorry it's been a bit short um but we will get you back and do a longer chat soon um if you're listening to this podcast and interested in learning about um real estate then do take a look at our website it's ucem.ac.uk um take a look at our programs on the website and um you might be being taught by natasha in the in the near future um thank you (laughs) thank you natasha and um thanks everyone for listening and we will say bye um so yeah thanks (laughs) cheers